Welcome. This is episode 12 of the Place Your Name Here podcast. I'm Peanut. If you would like to send me an email, then you can send it to Place Your Name Here podcast at gmail.com. I have a Twitter. It is at Dry Peanut. D R I V E P N U T. At Dry Peanut. Find the show on Stitcher, Podbean, and iTunes. Okay, let's get started. All over social media, you probably been seeing, or people probably seeing you messages saying not to participate in um, Black Friday. Well, here's a couple of stories about that right here. Um, protests over Chicago teens shooting ties up retail district. Let me see. Hundreds of protesters blocked store entrances and shut down traffic in Chicago's richest shopping district on Black Friday to draw attention to the 2014 police killing of a black teenager who was shot 16 times by a white officer. Demonstrators stood shoulder to shoulder in a cold, drizzling rain to turn the to, to turn the traditional star of the holiday shopping season of the Michigan Avenue's magnificent magnificent mile into a high profile platform from which to deliver their message. The killing of the 70-year-old Laquan McDonald captured on a squad car video made public earlier this week was another example of the way they say is the systematic disregard police show for their lives and rights of black people. Uh, see, I think I got this right here. can tell you it's kind of a chaotic scene right now this march is about to step off at any moment hundreds of people already here gathered in the turnabout at pioneer court they are ready to descend onto michigan avenue this is about to shut down the north lanes of michigan avenue of course chicago's uh premier shopping district and uh, here we go. We are on the move right now. Hundreds of people, numerous groups are behind this effort. We're actually at the front of... Yeah, there's a lot of people out there right now. Man. This, um, we are at the front of this uh, march, which is just getting underway. And uh, I can tell you there are lots of people with signs holding up uh, that say justice for Laquan. Uh, in the middle of this is uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who we spoke with earlier. And he knows that this image shutting... Man, this is, I mean, it's a lot of people out there. That's real good. is uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who we spoke with earlier, and he knows that this image shutting down the Mag Mile will resonate nat- nationally. He knows that this is, of course, Chicago's most famous shopping district. Okay, so what I'm gathering is like they had something set up so that I guess if the police make them move from this area, then they got another people down the street who's ready to go just move back to that area. 
that they were like cycling in different people to protest in this one particular area. As as, as I'm reading the article, that's what I'm guessing. That's what's going on. And the shop did drop. We're saying stop and don't drop and don't shop until there's some changes made. We must all share the burden and the responsibility to make sure it's safe and secure for everybody. And so the rain will affect, no doubt, the turnout here. But we're going to keep marching until there's some, until there's some very visible changes made. Okay, back here live and see that again it is very chaotic here. We are now standing in the uh, lanes of Michigan Avenue right next to Trip Tower. There is a considerable police presence here as well. And this is not just Rainbow Push. Uh, the Chicago Teachers Union has joined in on this effort. And also from the South Side St. Savannah Church. Uh, that congregation is also here. Father Michael Flager uh, leading another group marching from the other side. Hopefully y'all can go check this out on the web. There's a lot of people out there. I mean, a real, a lot of people out there. Man. It's raining. I know it's cold. But they out there holding their own, so good. Good for them. Civil disobedience, this is a message to big business, to the city of Chicago, um, to send a message, disrupt Black Friday shopping. All along they have said that, you know, business as usual can't go on until there is justice, changes in the Chicago Police Department. Many of these people calling for the resignation of police superintendent and Gary McCarthy, as well as Cook County State's Attorney Anita Alvarez. But again, we are on the move. We are now moving north on Michigan Avenue. Another group coming from the other side on Wacker, now crossing the bridge. But at this point, the north lanes of Michigan Avenue shut down. The southbound lanes unaffected at this point. And as part of the group... Yeah, hopefully this works. Um, uh, man, I don't participate in Black Friday really. I mean, it's not because I, I'm some type of social warrior or I'm about to say this, uh, political activist or anything like that. But I mean, it's more of a money issue to me. But man, good for these people right here. It's a lot of bullshit going on out there in Chicago. You know, what happened to Laquan McDonald, man, is really fucked up. And, you know, is it going to take for every time something happened to us, we got to have video evidence? I mean, it's crazy, man. We've been saying this shit for years that this has been going on. And thank God for the cell phone camera or the dash cam or, I mean, technology. Because if it wasn't for technology, man, it, it'd be like we just saying this shit and this shit ain't happening. Scroll on right here. Um, they chanted 16 shots, 16 shots, and stopped traffic for blocks expressed their anger over the October 20, 2014 shooting and the su subsequent investigation, which they which they say was mishandled. Uh, it was the largest demonstration in the Chicago streets since police on Tuesday released the video under a court order to make it public. The footage shows McDonald jogging down the street and then veering away from Officer Jason Van Dyke and another officer who emerged from a police SUV drawing their guns. Within seconds, Van Dyke begins firing McDonald. Begins firing. McDonald, who authorities allege was carrying a three-inch knife and was suspected for breaking into cars, spins around and falls to the pavement as Van Dyke keeps shooting. Prosecutors charged Van Dyke with first-degree murder on Tuesday, hours before the video video was released. Frank Chapman, 73, of Chicago, said the video confirms what activists had said for years about Chicago police brutality. That needs to end, Chapman said. Too many have already died. Chicago police blocked off roads to accommodate the march down Michigan Avenue and officers in some areas formed a barrier of sorts between protesters and stores. 
and help shoppers get through the doors, but protesters succeeded in blocking main entrances on both sides of the streets for more than three blocks. When one person tried to get through the front of the door of Saks Fifth Avenue, protesters screamed at him, shouting, shut it down, shut it down. Entrances were also blocked at the Disney Store, Apple Store, Nike, Tiffany & Company, and Neiman and Marcus, among others. Several protesters were seen lying face down on the ground in handcuffs. A police spokesman said there were three arrests during the demonstration, two of them traffic-related, and a third resulted from a battery, but he didn't elaborate. Yeah. Um, Chicago wasn't the only place um, where they were protesting Black Friday. Let's see, I got this right here. Uh, Black Lives Matter, not Black Friday protest draws hundreds in, hundreds in Seattle. Authorities say hundreds of people marched through the streets and shops of downtown Seattle as part of a Black Lives Matter protest on Black Friday. Police say they made four arrests and one officer suffered a dislocated shoulder when the crowd interfered with an arrest at the Pacific Place shopping area. The police say about 700 people took part in the demonstration, one of many around the country. So that's good, man. Everybody just, you know, sick of the shit, man. And like I said, I know I wasn't the only one getting these messages and memes saying don't support Black Friday you know it, 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 yeah people just tired when it come down to it yeah man people just tired man when you uh, when you keep on telling somebody that you're being fucked with and then you constantly being told, no, you're not. Uh, you're going to get tired of that shit. I don't know, for years, man, we people been having the mindset that racism don't exist. The police don't fuck with black people. Oh, you know, you talk to somebody, like somebody, your, your, one of your co-workers, oh, they mess with me just like they mess with you. No, they don't. No, they don't, man. Now we're on. Uh, People scream Black Lives Matter. Then you got some fool on the left hand side screaming All Lives Matter. I mean, yeah, man. I was reading this article. Um, I think it was a week ago, and they they asked did Barack Obama make how they say how they put it um did he oh did he cause the country to be have a racial divide? And, and the answer to that is no he didn't cause the country to have a racial divide it was already a racial divide what happened was when he became president all the races came out the closet you know they just got bold with the shit now you know yeah I mean the, when he became president the races just came out <laughs> I can tell you stories of what people said to me but I ain't got that long to do that or oh, I don't want to be out here all day telling y'all that Man, um, I mean, and this guy, Barack Obama, man, the president, he continues to be the most disrespected president in history. I mean, these people totally, totally disrespect him all the time. I mean, Bush, he did way worse of shit than Barack had did. Way worse. He fucked up way more. Way more, man. They don't give Barack the credit. That he deserved. I mean, if somebody, if any other president would have made, had the good standing with Cuba like Barack has, man, they would have been praised for that shit. But yet, they 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 just knock this man every day. I mean, he continuously be gets disrespected. Here's an example. Uh, yeah, example right here. Um, White House fist jumper left suicide note. I mean, how many times people gonna jump the fucking fence of the White House? I never heard this shit before until he was president. Never. A man accused of jumping the White House fence while draped in an American flag left a suicide note with friends and with his mother and we're with his mother. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, who does that? 
Joseph Caputo, 22, of Stanford, Connecticut, was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation on Friday, a day after authorities said he scaled the fence while President Barack Obama was celebrating Thanksgiving with his family prompting a lockdown. Caputo is charged with one count of illegal entry onto restricted grounds, which carries a maximum penalty of one year in prison. He did not enter a plea during his brief appearance in District of Columbia Superior Court on Friday afternoon. A judge released him to the custody of the Secret Service for the sake of an emergency psychiatric evaluation. He is scheduled to appear in a federal court on Monday. Yeah, like I tell you, he's, this man just get, continues to disrespect it all the time. We were at the White House. We were just taking pictures, and um, there was a guy um, tying up an American flag around his... Whoa, man. He like Superman that thing right there. God damn. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'm guessing that, that fence is like... Okay, I see what he did. All right. <laughs> they got a still shot of the picture of him going over it with... Uh, a flag wrapped around him, and looked like a folder in his mouth. Okay. <laughs> Waste. Um, before you knew it, I just heard him take a big, deep breath and whisper to himself, like, all right, let's do this. And he took off. He jumped over the barricade and then climbed the fence. And once he uh, went over, he kind of, like, lifted his arms up. And he yelled something at the top of his lungs, but we couldn't figure it out because by that time, the police were yelling, like, get out, get out, get out. We have a jumper. It was really chaotic. I mean, people, I mean, honestly, me and my friends here, we were just, like, freaking out because we are next to him. And he had a binder with him. Like, guess once he saw, you know, the Secret Service and the people with the dogs, he, he got down on the floor. But it was chaotic. Everyone around us was yelling and kids were crying. Like, it was pretty unexpected. He was... He was ready to jump. Man. <laughs> yeah. Some crazy people out there. Let's see. Spikes to the top of the fence in response to a series of security breaches, including an intruder who got deep inside the executive mansion last year. Other long-term security enhancements for the White House perimeter are under construction. Eleanor Holmes Norton, a Democrat who represented the district in Congress, said in a statement that she was flabbergasted by Caputo's remarkable jump and urged the Secret Service to find a way to improve security without sacrificing public assets to the White House. According to court documents, Caputo had been staying with two friends in Virginia this week, and the friends provided the Secret Service with a note in which Caputo stated in his attention to die on Thursday. According to the documents, the note read in part, death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around us who transform into the force, an apparent reference to the mythology of the Star Wars movies. Capoto wore the American flag like a cape when he went over the fence. The documents show and he was carrying a USB drive in the shape of a Captain American shield. He also carried weightlifting gloves and a pocket guide to the Constitution. Authorities said in court on Friday he wore a white and blue baseball style t-shirt while pants, white pants and sneakers with the American flag pattern. Caputo ran the White House, ran toward the White House after he scaled the fence, but when the Secret Service officer ordered him to stop and get on the ground, he quickly complied according to, docu according to the documents. He told the officers, I love my country and I knew I would be locked up, the document state. Caputo's mother provided the street provided the Secret Service with a last will and testament her son had written and played an audio message in which he tells her something will happen and she may not see him again, the document state. Caputo was represented in court by a private attorney, Paul Signet, who declined to comment. At one point, U.S. Marshals retrieved a note written on a yellow paper from Caputo's rear pants pocket. The marshal delivered it to a man and a woman sitting in the courtroom who read it. The pair... Why is it cut off? Well, can't be motherfucking jumping over the White House fence, man. Need to start putting bullets in bitches for that shit. 
Oh man, hey, this might fuck with your head a little bit right here. Um, Kansas police fear that a father may have beaten his seven-year-old son to death and fed his remains to pigs. Michael A. Jones, 44, has been arrested on charges of aggravated assault with a firearm, battery, and child abuse after officers responded to a domestic violence call at the home. Initially, it was only believed that he, I guess he harmed his wife, Heather. However, authorities received a tip to also check his property for the remains of his seven-year-old son who has been missing for several months. Let's see. Investigators, investigators eventually found human remains near a barn on the premises. Jones lived with his wife and eight children, ranging in ages from 1 to 11, in Piper, a rural area near Kansas City. Following the discovery, his charges were upgraded to a torturing Upgraded to torturing or cruelly beating his missus son. Wow. Mm. Uh, let me see. This morning, a KCK man is being held on a $10 million bond. Mike Jones is charged with the assault, battery, and child abuse. And as KCTV5's Betsy Webster reports, we're learning his son's body may have been fed to pigs. The Piper area home that Mike Jones and his wife lived in is valued at more than a quarter million dollars. But the backyard is littered with junk, as well as toys for their kids. Two women who often cared for the eight kids here and wanted to remain anonymous say the conditions inside were deplorable. Their house was just filthy. The kids lived in filth. Police came to the home in the 5200 block of North 99th Street Wednesday morning on a report of Jones attacking his wife and firing a gun at her. As the investigation progressed, someone told them to check for the decomposed body of a missing seven-year-old boy. By the next day, police were searching this barn where they discovered human remains. Mike Jones is now charged with battering and assaulting his wife on Wednesday, but also with torturing or severely beating his seven-year-old son sometime between May 1st and September 28th. For those girls to have to witness what they're... Wow, that long? And... I mean, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Brother went through, or to have to carry the burden of knowing something happened to their brother, it's horrible. It's a timeline that terrifies the child's former babysitters who say Jones's wife added livestock to the barn this fall. She went and got pigs in September. A police source says investigators fear that the remains are the result of the child being fed to pigs after being beaten to death. Betsy Webster, KCTV 5 News. And those remains have yet to be identified. The district attorney tells us the $10 million bond is the highest a judge has ever granted in the 34 years he's been with the DA's office. I'm trying to figure out how come I don't see um, murder as one of the charges. I see the torture. Let me see. Um... Investigators eventually found human remains near a barn on the premises. Okay. Um, I don't see anything about murder. Yeah, I don't see nothing about murder. I just see something about him cruelly torturing and beating his son. But I guess they got to identify the body first to charge him with murder. I mean, really, what can you say about this right here? Um, some crazy people out there, man. Do some fucked up shit. You know, dude probably deserved to fry for this shit, man. I mean, he fed his own son to pigs. Come on, now. <clears throat> Uh, earlier this month, it was a little a little boy. His name was um, Tyshawn Lee. He got killed. Uh, it was retaliation uh, towards his father. So I guess they trapped him or um, lured him to like an alley or something like that. I can't remember too much about the story. But... Um, 
they they shot the little man. So I get here's the update of it. Um, I guess they um got the guy who they suspected killed him. Let's see. Chicago police press first degree murder charges against a gang member on Friday after a nine year old boy was lured into an alley and shot dead. The U.S. city is notorious for gun crime, but Tashawn Lee's November 2nd death managed to horrify Chicago, already reeling from more than 450 murders this year. This is a crime that shook our city, City Police Superintendent Gary McCarthy told reporters. It was an act of barbar- barbarism, the assassination of a nine-year-old child as a gang retaliation to get back at his father. We're getting word today that there's been an arrest in the murder of nine-year-old Tyshawn Lee. Remember this little boy earlier this month? Tyshawn was lured into a Chicago alley, police say, and executed in retaliation against the boy's dad. Corey Morgan was arrested in connection with the shooting. Police say Morgan has been a person of interest from the beginning. A news conference is scheduled for later today. We'll be watching for that and bring you more information as we get it. Uh, when we saw this case, he said, we're going to find an individual with an extensive, violent criminal history who likely should have not been on the streets. That's, that's the way it happens almost every single time. Corey Morgan is a documented gang member, a convicted felon, he complained. As you know, we picked him up just a couple of weeks ago with yet another firearm, so he has a pending gun arrest along with a history of violence. Another suspect has been arrested and a third is being sought, he added, predicting that further charges would be brought in this case. Targeted and executed. The investigating officer, Sergeant Williams Silver, said that while residents were terrified of retaliation, the local community had rallied to help detectives. It's a nine-year-old boy targeted and executed, he said. People understand that when you have a beat, a bad element in your neighborhood, you don't run from the neighborhood. You get rid of that element, he said. But there was a lot of fear, which is completely understandable. If you have a monster who's willing to assassinate a nine-year-old, what is that person likely to do to you if they know somebody is cooperating with the case? Police would not be drawn in detail as to what Lee's father, an alleged gang member, had done to provoke the men who retaliated retaliated by murdering his son. There's a number of events that precipitated this particular murder. A couple of them are murders. A couple of them are non-fatal shootings. Silver said, "Um, Southside has been a drastic rise in homicides in recent months. But Lee's death in particular has prickled the conscience of many in Chicago. Mayor Rahm Emanuel vowed earlier this month to find and prosecute Lee's killer. Whoever did this, there's a special place for them, he said. I hope they never see daylight. Uh, nine year old man, nine year old boy. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Um, it ain't no room for people like that on the streets. I mean, and I don't know what the father did. Man, I mean, yeah, it just, you know, the father, man, he should, you know, look at it, look within himself, cause. Man, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it, it's nothing they could have did, or nothing he could have did to go kill somebody's kid as retaliation for what someone else did. Um, this congressman um says right here that Donald Trump is um causing rhetoric that will lead to violence, which is very true, man. As seen when the Black Lives Matter protester begun protesting in his um campaign speech. So 
this guy right here, you about to hear, guys, a very good point. He's whipping up hatred uh, to scapegoat a uh, a minority religious group, which has some very dangerous historic precedents, as as you might agree. I mean, it, it's it's the kind of behavior that it's it's classic demagoguery, and you know he's going to get somebody hurt. I don't suppose he cares much, uh, but it uh, it should be the kind of behavior that is roundly denounced. Uh, and uh, the thing that scares me is that the more he says outrageous, inflammatory things, seems like uh, doesn't seem to cost him in terms of support, which makes me a little bit worried about the people who support him. You just said he's going to get somebody hurt. What do you mean by that? What I mean is that when leaders... Um, I, okay, you know what the guy mean, man. You know, people do this shit all the time. Ask stupid questions. You know, or is he just asking the question just to be asking the question? Because, man, if you use your brain a little, just a little bit, you can understand what the guy's saying. The guy's saying that, hey, he he's speaking to a, a mass audience that wants him to to preach on this shit. Like the the illegal immigrants, for one thing. People that already hate the illegal immigrants, when they hear this guy Donald Trump speak, all they do is get boosted up. Now they ready to do some crazy shit. And when they get ready to do some crazy shit, they go out and do it. People gonna like people on Donald Trump side gonna be like, "Oh, it's a stream. People from every side." Nah, fuck that, man. This man up here hype. It's called like if I was in a crowd of people and I was doing that shit, and the police would call it exciting a riot. That's what he's basically doing. Who have a national platform? whip up hate and hysteria against a particular group, particularly a religious group, a, a minority religious group, which is in, uh, that is not popular. Uh, invariably, you know, the people who are mentally unstable or motivated by hate come out of the woodwork and you see secretions of, of, of buildings that are associated with that group. You see assaults, you see murders. You see things, things happen. There's, a, there's actually a fairly significant track record of this kind of thing. And uh, I, I think that it really demonstrates how much of an anti-leader he really is. I mean, you know, uh, for all the political disagreements I have for George Bush, after 9-11, he went to Moss. He said that where anybody who desecrates a Moss is going to be held accountable by the law. He made it very clear that uh, it was not the Muslim community in the United States. Um, they're showing like video clips of Donald Trump, you know, uh, campaign speech that you can see people in the crowd. They make these gestures, and you could read their lips saying, "They, I mean, they saying, get him out of here, get him out of here." You know, saying that to the um, people who who are Muslim. You know, this guy, he, he making a good point. You know. You can't hype these people up. That's what he basically doing. Hyping these people up to go do something crazy. To blame for 9/11, and yet quite the opposite is true from from Donald Trump. But it's not just Muslims. I mean, he's he said that uh, that Mexican Americans are bringing crime, they're bringing drugs, and they're um, some of them are rapists. Uh, and so he said this about. People of, who are who are Mexican. I mean, this man is a is is a pretty prolific hater, and um, he's just getting worse. He's capitalizing on people's fear. He's pandering to it. So that's what I mean by man. Good going, uh, Representative Keith Ellison from Miss Minnesota. Man, I know you got a lot on your hand with that crazy ass sheriff out there. <sighs> man, yeah, he he. I mean, he's on. Um, he, he's he's right about that, you know. It's basically like I said, he he's basically exciting a riot. Something gonna jump off with this guy. Something I mean, they basically this a guy basically went there just to protest, which happens almost on every campaign trail, and he got beat up for it, jumped on.
Yeah, people. Racism exists, and that shit popping hard, man. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, court. Sherry Shepard can't get out of surrogacy contract. Television personality and actress Sherry Shepard has been found legally responsible for a child born to a surrogate. She and her ex-husband hired before they divorced. A Pennsylvania appeals court ruled this week in upholding the surrogacy contract. Shepard had fought to have the contract avoided. The ruling means she must continue to pay $4,100 a month in child support, according to a lawyer for her ex-husband, Lamar Sally, who is raising the one-year-old boy in Los Angeles. Yeah, you ain't gonna be able to get out of that one. She doesn't want to be part of his life. It's all good, Sally told the Associated Press on Tuesday. I'm going to be a parent enough for both of us. Shepard had roles in several sitcoms and movies and co-hosted ABC The View from 2007 to 2014. Her lawyer did not immediately return a message Tuesday. She had paid more than $100,000 and Sally... Another five thousand for a uh, couple. They live in New Jersey. Attend this. Oh, okay. So I guess she paid uh, for him to have a baby. Paid the uh, person. The couple then live in New Jersey. Attend the Syracuse medical appointments until Shepard had cha- a change of heart in the second trimester as her marriage faltered. In the court ruling, said, "Oh, you know." That sound like one of them things, like, you know, they trying to have a baby to save a marriage. Ain't no baby going to save no marriage. The initial birth certificate listed the surrogate as mother, prompting California authorities to seek another, seek support for her when Sally sold it there, according to his lawyer. Tiffany Palmer, Sally is a writer and substitute teacher. The owner of the surrogacy agency they used praised the decision which made Shepard the legal mother listed on the birth certificate. Surrogates don't want to feel that someone could want a baby and then just back out. The surrogate is not the mother, said Melissa B. Brisbane, who owns Reproductive Possibilities LLC in Montauk, New Jersey. Pennsylvania courts had never ruled on the valid validity of surrogacy contracts which some states have refused to uphold Palmer said it's a tremendous relief to many people she said the ruling Monday upheld an earlier decision from Montgomery County where the boy was born in August 2014 Shepard does not dispute that she freely entered into the gestational carrier contract Superior Court ruling said Baby S would not have been born but for her actions and express agreement to be the child's legal mother. Hmm. Yeah. Man, you gonna get out that one. Uh, Fox News host asks black female colleague do you make Kool-Aid? Oh man, old fox. Um, fox News host Brian Killamy just couldn't help himself. He found a way to assault Harris Faulkner, a fellow Fox host, in the most Fox News way possible. There he is. All right, you know her. She's one of the hosts of Outnumbered, and today she is cooking with friends. Here's Faulkner and Adora Bella join us with a special holiday recipe. You're going to make peach cobbler. We are, and good morning, everybody. You are my friends. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hi, Bella. Bella, tell them what you're going to do. I'm going to pour the mixture into the bowl. All right, Bella has uh, added all the... You're done, stir sweetie. So far. All right, so now I'm going to take my peaches, and I'm just going to lay Which is great that they're canned, by the way, because you can do this any time of the year. You can do this. I do it in the summer, and I put fresh strawberries in here too oh, oh what a good so, idea right do you make that's another i'm gonna try this uh do i do what make kool-aid uh n- no i i don't Ooh, wow man um let's see yeah he said that mm-hmm. man 
so far. All right. So now I'm going to take my peaches and I'm just going to lay. Which is great that they're canned, by the way, because you can do this any time of the year. You can do this. I, I do it in the summer, so and I put fresh strawberries in here too. Oh, oh what a good so, idea! Right? Do you make Kool-Aid? That's another. I'm going to try this. Uh, do I do what? Make Kool-Aid. Uh, n- no, I I don't make uh, Kool-Aid. But I made an adult beverage oh. for us. She does. She brought yes. us a good one. Uh, boom, boom, boom. And then, then the, when you're done, you sprinkle Harrison Crocker through the magic of Man, he might well shit his ass if she tap dance with a top hat on, singing that racist ass ice cream song. Or do she go face deep in a fucking watermelon? Do you make Kool-Aid? Do you make Kool-Aid? Ah, shit, that is. Okay. Oh, man. And you know she gonna be like, uh, you know, I ain't, I ain't find nothing wrong with what he said. Whatever. Man, he probably wanted to ask the and she signed his shoes. Fuck her, man. And I know his people gonna say, oh, there's nothing wrong with what he said. I drank Kool-Aid. If you don't understand what he said and who he said it to, then fuck you. And I'm gonna leave that at that. Three dead, nine wounded, wounded after attack at Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood. A stocky bearded white male wearing a trench coat is currently in custody following an hours long standoff and a shootout at a Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood clinic that left three dead, including one police officer. Police are responding to an active shooter at or near Planned Parenthood in Colorado Springs. Okay, this is update. Okay, let me switch here. Uh, a loner from North Carolina who liked to spend time in his mountain cabin and avoid eye contact with neighbors was in custody Saturday after police said he opened fire at a Colorado Planned Parenthood clinic and killed three people. Unfortunately, with this tragic situation today, we have to confirm that we have two civilian casualties on scene and we have the death of one police officer. The death of the officer on scene is from the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Police Department. The individual brought some items into the building with him. Earlier there was no communication with the suspect. Uh, We did get officers inside of the building at the Planned Parenthood and the officers were able to shout to the suspect and make communication with him. And at that point uh, they were able to get him to surrender. Um, authorities weren't ready to discuss a possible motive after interviewing 57-year-old suspect Robert Lewis Deer, Colorado Springs Mayor John Suther said. However, people can make inferences from where it took place, said Suther's a former state attorney general who also suggested Deer's mental health was part of the investigation. Those who knew Deer said he seemed to have few religious or political leanings. Yeah, because he's just crazy as fuck. You know, a lot of people going to try to excuse what you did as this and that, but the motherfucking craziest but crazy people in the world that do some crazy shit. And they going to try to make it seem like, oh, he took a stance on this. Whatever, man. Probably motherfucker probably just wanted to go in there and just shoot some bitches up and figure that he could have some backing because he went in there and shot a fucking Planned Parenthood up. Black Mountain across the bay of Twigs on Saturday on the walls of Deer's Pale Yellow Shack. Police say Deer entered the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Colorado Springs and opened fire on Friday. The five-hour siege that followed included several gun battles with police as patients and staff members took cover under furniture and inside locker room. By the time the shooter surrendered, three people were dead, including a police officer, and, and nine others were wounded. It marked the latest mass shooting to stun the nation and prompted President Barack Obama to warn, we can't let it become normal. If we're going to offer up our thoughts and prayers again for God knows how many times with a truly clean conscience, then we have to do something about the easy accessibility accessibility of weapons of, of war on our streets to people who have no business wielding them, the president said. The Planned Parenthood said all its staff members at the clinic were safe and that it did not know whether the organization was the target of the attack. 
University of Colorado police officer Garrett Swayze, 44, a six-year veteran of the force, was killed during the siege. He was married and had a son and daughter, according to the website of his church, Hope Chapel in Colorado Springs. No details were immediately available about the two civilians who died. Five other officers and four people were hospitalized in good condition. At least four of those victims were later released. Certainly, it's not have been much much worse if it were not for the heroism of our police officers to corner the person in the building. Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs Fire Chief Chris Rowley said Southers, Southers praised the security staff on duty at the clinic and said they were helpful in working with police to monitor the government's whereabouts on surveillance video and on the building's layout. Man, Man, uh, it's a lot of crazy shit going on right now for some reason. Well, and for some reason. Ozzy Lysenko said he was in the parking lot of the two-story building and, and trying to escape in his car when the gunman looked at him. He came out and we looked at each other in the eye and he started aiming and then started shooting. Lacano Le- 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 said... I saw two holes go right through my windshield as I was trying to quickly back up and he just kept shooting and I started bleeding. Lacano drove away and took refuge at the nearby grocery store. He was aiming at my head, Lacano said of the gunman. It's just weird to stare in the face of someone like that and he didn't win. Inside the clinic, Jennifer, Montol- Tol- Jennifer Montolina Duck under a table and called her brother Jones to leave him final instructions for the care of her three children in the case of the gunman found her. Joe Motolino said he could hear gunshots in the background as his sister spoke. She was telling me to take care of her babies because she couldn't get killed, he said. For others, the first sign that something was wrong came with police appearing when usher people on the second floor. Planned Parenthood employee Cynthia Garcia told her mother, Tina Garcia, that the officers would say why wouldn't say why they were gathering people together. Then she heard the gunshots. Man. Some people managed to escape the building and flee to a nearby bank. An armored vehicle was seen taking evacuees away from the clinic to ambulances waiting nearby. For hours, police had no communication with the shooter other than hearing his in, intimate gunfire from the inside the Colorado Springs Clinic. Officer eventually, officers eventually moved in, shouted at the gunman, and persuaded him to surrender, police said. About five hours after the attack started, authorities led away a man wearing a white t-shirt. <sighs> yeah. I hope they don't excuse him as being crazy and all this other bullshit. Man, there's way too much bad shit going on. Way too much. I mean, what can you even say about that shit, man? Okay, here goes something right here. Um, I found this about a, a couple of weeks ago. I guess it happened earlier this month, or, or late last month. <coughs> Excuse me. Russell Brandon arrested for allegedly breaking into his ex-wife's house, stealing stuff, turning down the thermostat. <laughs> That's what got me right there. He was turning down the thermostat. He like fuck this shit right here. That probably was like. 60% of all the arguments. It was too cold in the house. <laughs> uh, let's see. Former Major League Baseball player Russell Brannion was arrested last night in Nashville, Tennessee on a charge. Well, this wasn't last night. On a charge of felony aggravated burglary alleged on his ex-wife home. Russell, who has a long on Russell, who has long owned a home in nearby Franklin, allegedly committed the burglary on October 30th. He was released on $25,000 bond. The victim of the alleged burglary is Brandon's ex-wife, Jill 
Brannion, it is unclear when the two divorced, though as of 14 months ago, Russell referred to her as his wife, according to a warrant that was issued. Brannion arrested on October 31st. He broke into Jill's house while she was sleeping, stole some things, and fucked with the thermostat. He also not acknowledged to a witness that he took the items and wanted to return them. <laughs> the defendant made entry into the residence of the victim without having the legal authority to defend it. And victim was divorced and the victim is the legal resident. The defendant entered while the victim was asleep and removed various items from the home. The defendant also tampered with the thermostat inside of the home, making it extremely cold. <laughs> <laughs> the defendant acknowledged to the witness that he had removed the items from the residence and not wanted to return them. All events took place in Davids, Davidson County, Tennessee. Man. Boy, that's that argument right there, boy. That's that argument right there. It's too cold. It's too cold. Man. <laughs> Ooh. Alright man, I'm gonna leave y'all with that one right there. Like I said, you can find the show on Stitcher, Podcast, and iTunes. Send your emails to place your name here podcast at gmail.com. And my Twitter is at Drive Peanut, D R I V E P N U T, at Drive Peanut. I hope everybody have a good evening and a great Thanksgiving weekend. Enjoy your time off if you got it. I'm out.